Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with, everyone read this last part with me really loud, gratitude in your hearts. Read it again. With gratitude. Father, we thank you for your word. Sow it like a seed down in the deep soil of our heart. Let it bring forth fruit in our life that changes us and everybody around us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The Apostle Paul was teaching this church that there were some important things they needed to be aware of. He said, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God. Now, he's saying this is how you do church. When you get together, you should be edifying one another. You should be talking about, this is why we have small groups, because we have discussions. We can be talking about Jesus together. We can talk about the riches of the message of the gospel. We can talk about the goodness of God. We can talk about how God's operating and functioning in our life and how he's changing our life and the lives of people around us. And we, we edify and we build each other up. He also goes on to say that, that we need to think about uh, singing together, just like we did just a minute ago, and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that come out of us uh, in praise and worship to God. I'll say it like I've said it so many times, but I want you to get it and understand it. You are not the audience. A lot of times when we come to church, we come to church because we're ready for some good music. We're going to come and we're going to hear some good music, some good singing, and we're just going to rejoice in the Lord, and that's what church is all about. Or we're going to sing some songs together, and that's what church is all about. But a lot of times we really see ourselves as the audience and the band as the performers. But there is no performing going on in this house. We are not here to perform for you. We're not even here performing for God. We are here to bring our best self, our best skill, our best talent, our best ability to bring praise to God, right? And so when you enter in with this group up here, whoever they are, and begin to lift up praise to God, you become aware that you're not the audience. He is the audience. Come on, somebody. God is the audience. He is the one that we're giving praise to. That's why the songs that we sing aren't just songs about God, but they're songs to God. 99% of the songs we sing could be a prayer. And the reason is because when we worship God, that's what we want to do. We want to worship Him. We don't want to just talk about His attributes. We don't want to just talk about what He does for us. We want to give Him worship. So when we sing songs, we're singing to worship Him. And this is what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Colossae. He's saying that. He's saying, get together, teach each other, build each other up, strengthen each other, and sing together. Worship God together. Lift up uh, the name of Jesus together. I was, uh, we just recently went to a memorial service for Gary Hinder's mother and what a great lady and, and an amazing testimony of life. But we got up and, you know, we got a hymns out, hymn books out, and 
we started singing Joyful, Joyful. And I mean, I'm telling you, there were some other hymns we sang that no one knew, really. It was just a few people knew. But that hymn, man, let me tell you, people were getting on it. And I just was so moved because the voices of people raising to just worship God. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. God of glory, Lord. I don't remember the next words. Do you understand what I'm saying, though? There is something that happens when we determine that we're going to get together with other believers and we're actually going to worship God. We're not just going to sing songs. We're going to worship God. We're not just going to come together for a social moment. We're going to encounter the presence of God. And Paul was saying every time you get together, this is what should be happening. But then he tells us not only what to do, but he tells us how to do it. It's always important for us not to understand, not just what to Listen, I don't want you ever leaving this church going, wow, that was a great message. I see the points. But not knowing, hey, I can use that, what he just said, this afternoon in my life. And Paul was saying, don't just do it. Don't just sing. Don't just, don't just praise. But there's a why. There's a why behind why you're singing. There's a why, a purpose behind why you're playing your instruments. There's a purpose about why you're lifting your hands. There's a purpose behind all that you're doing in this thing we call a worship experience. And here's the purpose. Gratitude. Gratitude. You know, I think sometimes we don't understand how good God is. You know, you've heard our testimony about how God saved our daughter, uh, Taylor, when she was born dead and how he raised her from the dead, basically. And, man, I, I tell you, when you have an experience like that, you, you tend to go, hey, God's got this, right? You, you tend to go, thank you, God. You tend to have a spirit of gratitude. But we need to have a spirit of gratitude not just, not just when God does something for us. But just because we know who God is and we know how he is. Come on, somebody. You know, um, Andre Crouch was a very interesting person. Uh, he, he was very talented and very gifted. I heard a story this week about him that was very interesting to me. That his dad, when Andre Crouch was about nine years old, his dad, the, the church he was in, said, we want you to be our pastor. And he said, I will, but I, want, I will do it if God will anoint Andre to be a worship leader so he brings Andre Crouch up at nine years old on the stage and and prays over him and says God bless him God do something great in his life God make him a worship leader and at 11 years old then Andre Crouch sat down at the piano no formal training whatsoever and started playing God gifted him and used him in significant ways the, the song we're going to talk about called My Tribute, or more commonly known to, to us uh, as To God Be the Glory, was written by the great Andre Crouch. Now, if you don't know that song, it's To God Be the Glory, To God Be the Glory, To God Be the Glory, For the things He has done. You know that song? Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joe. He's, he was born in 1942. He died in 2015. He's a son of a pastor. He started playing p uh, piano at the age of 11, as I said. And he's notably a major influence on modern music and the world of music. You may not know this about him. 
He grew up in the church. He was a pastor himself. He's led worship all over the world. But he also was the choir and music director for The Lion King. He also was uh, all the influence for the movie and music for The Color Purple. He influenced the music scene, both Christian and secular. That's what a powerful force he was. He, he wrote and performed so many songs that you're probably familiar with today and you may not know. You remember the song, Soon and Very Soon? Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Come on, put your hands together. You remember the song, Soon and Very Soon? That's just for y'all to have a little bit of soul. And evidently, no one in here does. So, uh, you remember that song, Through It All? I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Uh, he, he, he wrote the song, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. You remember that song? He wrote a song called, I Don't Know Why Jesus Loves Me, which we could all <laughs> probably identify. And the one we're talking about today, To God Be the Glory. I want to read the lyrics to you because I want you to get down in your heart uh, what this is really all about and what our life should look like. He said in his song, How Can I Say Thanks? For the things you've done for me. Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love to me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory. With his blood, he has saved me. With his power, he has raised me. To God be the glory for the things he has done. He goes on in the bridge and he says, just let me live my life and let it be pleasing, Lord, to thee. And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. See, he's saying much more than let's sing and give God credit for stuff. He's saying much more than when, God, when there's glory to be passed out, let's make sure we give it to God. There's much more in that than just let's give God credit. There's more, and we've got to learn what that more is when he wrote this song. It was very interesting because he was about uh, he was in his young adult age, and he was working with an organization called that was uh, founded by David Wilkerson. It's called um, I just forgot the name of the, the 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 organization. Somebody tell me, Teen Challenge. That's it, Teen Challenge. David Wilkerson out of New York City started Teen Challenge, and he was working with some guys there. And there was a particular guy that had come out of prison, and he was in the treatment of Teen Challenge, and he had met him. He was an atheist, and so he began to minister to him. He began to befriend him. He began to have a relationship with him, and the guy ends up giving his life to Jesus, and it's a great story. But years later, that guy calls him, and he and he and he uh, he, he he says in the story, I laugh because he doesn't ever call me Andre. He calls me Andy. So he called me and he said, hey, Andy, I think you have uh, something. God's going to do something. He said, I had a dream last night that God's going to give you a song that's going to go all around the world. People are all in all nations are going to sing this song. And, and he's, of course, excited about that. But he said, so he said, well, what should I read? And he said, well, I believe the Lord impressed on my heart to read. He gave him a, a scripture out of John and it was about the glory of God. And so that night he read the passage of Scripture and he went to bed. And he said, I didn't feel any particular inspiration. I didn't feel like God was speaking to me at all. I just read the Scripture. I went to bed. Nothing came. I didn't, I didn't feel any kind of unction to write anything. There was no revelation. And he said, then I went to bed. I went to sleep. I got up the next morning. And as I got up the next morning, I was just singing a chorus. To God be the glory. 
was just walking through my house singing, to God be the glory. And he said, I, th- I started thinking, man, that, I, think, I, think that might be, I think that might be a song. So he went to his piano. He sat down. And he said, the Bible, I mean, the Holy Spirit anointed him. And in 10 minutes, he wrote that song. And then that night, he was at a dinner party with some friends, and they were hanging out, and they got around the piano, and he started showing them the song. And they said, you wrote that today? And he said, yeah. And he said, what if that's the song that's going on? He said, I don't know if that could be the song. But now we all know that was the song that really catapulted his, his ministry around the world. Here's a man who is influenced by his father, and influenced by his home, and influenced by his surroundings that were for him, that were encouraging to him. He went through some trials. He went through some difficulties. Just like all of us, he went through some ups and some downs. But I think sometimes we need to remember what people like this do when they feel. It's like the psalmist David. David would go through things, and he would write songs. He would write psalms. It's a beautiful thing to think that when we're down, we can bring ourselves back up by just singing unto God. Listen, I want you to try that this week. If you get down about something or discouraged about something, I want you to pick out your favorite worship song or just open up a psalm and just start singing it to the Lord. I don't care if you can carry a tune in a bucket. I don't even care if you can carry the bucket. I, I I just want you to sing. Why? Because the Bible tells us to. And I don't know why. I don't know why that has some kind of... Effect on us, but it does have an effect. Why? Because I believe because there's an expression coming out of you, a creative expression coming out of you to give glory and praise to God. And if some theologians are right, we know that the devil was thrown out of heaven and he was leading worship and God replaced him with us to lead worship. I want you to know when you worship, things happen. You need to understand that. When you worship, things happen. This is why I tell you, get engaged in the worship experience when you come. Don't sit back and let somebody perform for you. What did God do in your life this week? Or what are you wanting him to do in your life next week? Well, then bring that into this service and engage his presence with lifting your hands and singing the songs and enjoying. And don't wait till you come to service to do that. Come on. Get in your closet of prayer at home and do that. I do it all the time. I'm sure my family thinks I'm crazy. I'm in there praying, seeking God, getting loud, worshiping his name. But you know what? He's worthy. He's worthy. I don't care. Sometimes I drive down the road. If you ever see me driving down the road and my windows are up and I'm just singing, you don't worry about me. God's got me. God's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. He's got so much to express to him. You're so prideful that you can't worship God a little bit. You're so prideful. You think the person, listen, I've had to pull my car over at times because the power of God was on my life when I just started worshiping him and we were facing some of the most difficult circumstances of our life. Can I tell you, God is good and he'll be good. And when you start worshiping him, things change. So he wrote the song and when he wrote it, I believe that it's a great song, but I believe it teaches us more than just what a good song can teach us. I think it teaches us what gratitude really does. It teaches us what the Apostle Paul was teaching the church. 
Apostle Paul was saying to the church, listen, yes, come together and sing. Yes, come together and worship. Yes, come together and teach one another with wisdom and with encouragement and talk about the word of God together. But when you do it, don't just do it. Do it with a heart of gratitude. Everybody say this with me, an attitude of gratitude. Everybody together, an attitude of gratitude. I'm thankful. I got so much to thank God for that sometimes when I'm praying and praising God, I always like to start my prayer times with praise because I feel like I'm not coming to you asking you for anything unless I come into your presence first and tell you how great you are. I want you to know I know you're great. I want you to know you are awesome and mighty and powerful and good and merciful and always wanting to help me, always a present help in my time of need. And I just want to tell you how much, and this is what Jesus told us to do come on somebody he said when you pray say our father who art in heaven what did he say hallowed be your name we should worship him before we do anything else because he's big he's awesome he's mighty he is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is and was and is to come he is the alpha and the omega come on are y'all with me in here today or not we gonna get happy in here today or not we gonna let the holy spirit do a work in us or not it's time for us to lift up praise to god well the world going to hell in a handbasket. Good. Let's lift up praise to God and see him change it. It's not going to change it by us yelling complaints and arguing and griping and moaning and groaning. He's going to change it because we're like the children of Israel walking around the walls of Jericho saying praise be to the Lord God Almighty. I'm going to blow my trumpet. I'm going to praise my God and the walls are going to fall. You want things to happen in your life? Understand what gratitude does. Hmm. I was going to teach this this morning, just give you a little lesson, but I can't, I can't just do that. I, I, I can't because I serve a God who's, who's bigger than all that. I'm not coming to God giving him a little bit of my time. No, I'm coming to God giving myself. Come on. So there are three things gratitude teaches us. Three things that gratitude teaches us. The first thing that gratitude teaches us is to give glory to God, to give glory to God, because no one else is worthy of it. We're giving a lot of glory to a lot of things and a lot of people who should not be getting it. Are you with me? We create idols in our own lives because we start giving glory to things and to people and to stuff. Why have we become a society that we give glory to people just because they're famous? Because you can be famous for being famous. And most of the people who are famous for being famous aren't people you should be giving glory to. You say, well, I don't give glory to them. I don't like, I don't like, what? I don't like, uh, I don't like kneel down and, you know, Kardashians, Kardashians. I don't do that. Well, as much time as you give them, you might should. Oh, don't preach me down. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? Come on, we, we athletes. We, oh, man, I can tell you everything about Michael Jordan. Why? I, listen, can I quote the whole Bible? I should be able to. 34 years of following Jesus. But I can tell you everything Michael Jordan did. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with loving people or thinking people are great or anything like that. But we are giving glory to things and to people and to stuff that doesn't belong to things and people and stuff. It belongs to God. And anytime we give glory outside of its proper purpose, we are making an idol out of it. Come on, y'all. We don't want any idols in our life. We want God. He is alone God. And beside him, there is no other. Are you with me? 
So Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 through 20 says this, And my God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus to our God and Father. Be glory forever. Amen. I mean, listen to how Paul writes and how Peter writes and how the gospel writers write. Listen how they write and how it's written in John. That every time they begin and every time they end anything that they write, it's God be the glory, God be the glory, God be the glory. The Bible, the history tells us that the Apostle Paul was one of the three most intelligent men to ever walk on the face of the planet. Yet he was saying, I must decrease and he must increase. John the Baptist was, was Jesus' cousin, but he was also the greatest prophet, the Bible says. He was the greatest prophet that ever lived. Jesus said he was the greatest prophet, but what did John say? I must decrease so he can increase. Come on. We want to give praise to God. We want to give God glory. So how do I give God glory? I give God glory first and foremost with my attitude. We don't just give God glory with the worship experience. We give God glory with our attitude. The second way we give God glory is with our actions. The way we live our lives. The things that we do. The third way we give God glory is through affirmations or verbal praise. We give praise to God. What does that giving glory to God look like in all of those ways? It means you live your lifestyle. You live your whole lifestyle according to the plan and purpose of Jesus. It means you live your life. The words that come out of your mouth to let the fruit of your lips be praised to God, the Bible says in Hebrews. What comes out of your mouth, let it be glorifying God. The Bible says that we should let our light so shine before men that we glorify the Father in heaven, that they'll glorify the Father in heaven. If they see your good works, they'll glorify God. How many of you want to live a life? I want to live a life that people look at it and say, glory be to God. <laughs> oh, Jesus is good. So how we, we, with our attitudes, some of us really need to work on glorifying God with our attitudes. I'm going to say it again. Some of us really need to work on glorifying God with our attitudes. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes we just have a bad attitude. How many ever had a bad attitude? How many had a bad attitude coming to church this morning? How many had a bad attitude going to work this week? I got a friend that, man, his attitude is bad towards work. It's just always oh, he hates his job. He hates it, and he doesn't realize he's only going to hate it more the more his attitude is bad about it. That if he could change and shift his perspective, his job would change, and either his job would change or he would change jobs. And if you keep a bad attitude, you're going to change jobs and not want to change jobs. Somebody say amen. Well, maybe I don't agree with, maybe I don't like where I work. Well, then find someplace else to work, whatever I just said, and then give glory to God. Come on, somebody, give. Let your attitude give glory to God. Let your attitude speak volumes about God. Let your attitude say, I bless and praise the Most High God. And the same thing with your actions, the way you act, the way you behave with your children, the way you behave with your parents, the way you behave with your friends, the way you behave in your world. Is it framed with this thinking, I'm going to give glory to God. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. I was talking to a friend just the other day. We were in a friend of mine's church in another state, and we were talking. We ran into some people we've known for 30-some-odd years, and he was standing there, and he was telling us, and we saw him. We just hugged each other. We're like, I can't believe we're seeing you right now. It was so amazing. And, and then we asked him how they were doing. He told me that he'd just gone through a serious bout of throat cancer. He wasn't a smoker. He just somehow got throat cancer, and, 
and, and, and he was going through this hard and difficult circumstance. And he said, as I was going through this, God really ministered to me. He said, David, I can't even tell you how God helped me, how God made a way for me. It's hard for me to even describe it. He started tearing up. And, this, and he's been over this for some months now. And he, I mean, tears rolling down his eyes. And he said, there was one moment where I was going to give up. There was one moment where I was going to give in. And I was laying in my bed. I'd lost 25 pounds from COVID and then another 20, 20 pounds from the trying to cure this cancer. And he said, man, I was laying in my bed. We were in our RV down at Houston and, and uh, uh, MD Anderson and I, just living there to get over this. And he said, as I was going through this, it was just uh, destroying me. And he said, I was laying in my bed and tears were running down my eyes. And my wife cuddled up next to me and she said, are you giving up on me, Eddie? Are you giving up? And he said, no, I'm not giving up like that. And then they just started praising God. And he said, as they started praising God, he saw a vision. And he said, in the vision, he saw Jesus. And he said, he was just standing there, just like me and you are standing here right now, he said. And he said, as he was standing there, there were little kids that started gathering all around him and started pulling on his robes and pulling on his robes and saying, Jesus, Jesus. And he was like, he was like what, what, what do you need? What do you need? And he looked down and they said, how's Eddie? Is Eddie okay? We've been praying for Eddie. And he said, the Lord showed me in that moment. That, that's how he sees us as kids. They're his kids. And he said, he looked down at them and he said, Eddie's going to be fine. I'm taking care of Eddie. And they all ran and cheered and laughed. And he said, from that point, I had such a peace. I knew I was healed. And they come and show me, he said, they came and showed me a picture. They showed me a picture of what, what a perfect throat looks like. And then they showed me a picture of what my throat looked like before. And they said, we didn't show you this before because we didn't want you to see it. It was that bad. And he, then they showed him a picture of his throat now. And they said, we don't know how to explain this. We don't know, but this is beyond us. This isn't us. But he showed him a picture, and it looked exactly like that perfect throat. They brought him these pads to put on his throat because the radiation gives you third-degree burns if you have to go through it. And they said, we don't know how to explain this. We're going to give you these because it's part of the treatment, but you don't need them. You haven't been burned. God just kept him and protected him. You know why? Because he didn't give up. He started praising the name of Jesus. We, we serve a God who's bigger than our circumstances, who's bigger than our problems, who's bigger than our issues. There's praise. If you want to win a spiritual battle, start praising God. And you need to understand something, too. We've been approaching a lot of what's going on in our world today as if it's some kind of physical, mental, or emotional problem. What we're dealing with in today's world is spiritual, and we need to realize that it's it's got a spiritual backing and we're in a spiritual battle and what wins spiritual battles is lifting up the name of the Lord God Almighty. Somebody say amen. Worship. Gratitude. The second thing is it teaches us humility. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 15 through 18 says, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other, for everyone else. Rejoicing always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, to pray, to believe, to worship, to praise, 
to thank. Now, he didn't say thank God for everything. But he said thank God in everything. So you know what I say? I say, God, thank you for the blessings that you've given me. Thank you for a precious wife that you gave me 34 years ago. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for her and her prayer life. Thank you, God, for my kids, my wonderful daughters, and my wonderful son-in-law, and my grandbabies who are better than everybody else's grandbabies. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I say, thank you for the lungs, the air that you fills my lungs. Thank you for the blood that runs through my body. Thank you that I get up every morning and, and you give me another day. Thank you that you've provided salvation. Thank you for your substitution for me on the cross. Thank you that you didn't stay in the grave, but you raised from the dead. Thank you that you promised me you'd send me another comforter. Thank you that you said you'll come back, and I know you're going to come back. Thank you, you're the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Alpha and the Omega. Thank you that you blessed my life. Thank you that you are God, yet you are personally invested in me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But then I say, thank you, God, for the trouble. Thank you that in the midst of the trouble, I want to be prepared when I go into places of prominence and, and, and opportunity, God. But I know that the only way that I get there is to be uh, edified and strengthened and challenged and go through the hard times. I don't thank you for the hard times, God, but I thank you in the midst of the hard times that you're teaching me and you're developing me and you're growing me. You're teaching me patience and you're teaching me grace and you're teaching me love and you're teaching me care. You're teaching me how to go through the fire and face hardships and difficulties, God. I thank you in the midst of it. I thank you when I'm going through this discouragement. I thank you when I'm going through this, this problem that I'm having. I thank you when my body's not working right. I thank you when my body is working right. I thank you when people are against me and people are with me. I thank you, God, for the good and the bad. I thank you in the midst of all circumstances because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Come on, somebody in this church, you ought to start praising God right now. You ought to start lifting him up. How much has he done for you? What has he done for you? How dare we hold back praise from our God? Gratitude will teach us to give glory to God, and it'll teach us. It'll teach us to honor him. Gratitude teaches us humility. So here's how to be humble quickly. You ready? One of the ways is to go through hard things. I don't want to go through hard things. Well, I'm sorry you live in the 21st century where someone has convinced you that there are no hard things or that it's, you shouldn't have to go through them. This is life. This is an, a fallen world. Sin has affected this world, and there are bad things in this world, and you're going to face them, and I'm going to face them. But here's the powerful thing about following Jesus. We are not going to face them alone. So if we want to be humble, how do we be humble? Think of yourself less. C.S. Lewis didn't say think less of yourself. That's not humility. Thinking less of yourself, having no worth. He said think of yourself less. In other words, think of God first and think of others second and then think of yourself. That's humility. Chase entitlement out of your life. Instead of us saying the world owes me, or God owes me, or I am owed. Let's change our thinking and our mentality and our mindset to Jesus owns me. He does not owe me. If I've come to follow Jesus, I am in his 
care, but I'm also in his servitude. See, I'm a, I'm a servant that gets the wonderful privilege of being adopted as a son. I'm not a son that has to have the drudgery of service. I'm a servant. I'm someone who just wants to serve God. And God said, you know what? I don't want you just to serve me. I want you to be a part of my family. And he humbles us as we go through hard and difficult circumstances, but we chase entitlement out of our life when we say, I do not, I am not my own. I have been bought with a precious price, the price of Jesus' blood. So God is in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. The Word of God is in charge. I'm not making the decisions here. God is making them. Nothing is owed to me. Jesus owns me. God, do with me as you will. Do with my mind as you will. My things as you will. My people as you will. Do with me as you will. You are not owing me. I die. Come on. Let's I love that song that talks about worshiping God and saying, I don't, I didn't come here to get anything from you. You don't owe me anything. I came here to give you what's owed and due to you. The third thing is treat yourself like a bond slave of Jesus and lift up God and humble yourself. The third and last thing that gratitude does to us is it. It gives us a life of simplicity and contentment. And I'm closing with this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I have need. Because I've learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) Do we even realize that that's where that scripture lands? That after all that about contentment and satisfaction, that's where that scripture lands? I can do all things through Christ. It's not about winning games. It's not about having strength through circumstances. It's about saying, God... Even when things are bad, I trust you. Even when things are good, I trust you. Even when things are this or that, I I rely on you. So how do we do it? Number one, he says, he tells us in the scripture how to do it. The first thing is surround yourself with people who love you and are concerned about you and your well-being. Two, intentionally focus on caring for what is important. Listen to me. And the next one is so very important. Intentionally devalue those things that are less important. Purposefully say, this is more important, that is less important. I'm going to value this, I'm going to devalue that. And when I do this, it creates an environment where I am humble, where I'm also content, and I'm also living simply. And the third thing and the most important thing is you do all of this not in your own strength, but in the strength of God in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the power. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus, 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 Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In Him we move and live and have our being. So do everything you do to the glory of God and do everything you do in the strength of God. To God be the glory as a way of life.
We live our lives walking and sleeping, coming and going, resting and doing all for the glory of God. Giving God glory is more than just giving Him credit. It means with every breath we breathe, with love, we obey Christ in all of who we are and in all of what we do. It is all the glory to God, all the glory to God, and gratitude will teach us if we allow it. What does it teach us? That all glory belongs to God. That humility looks good on us. And that simplicity and contentment are the paths to peace. Gratitude is born from a general, genuine heart that loves God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church Podcast.